0: Today on the podcast, I have the marketing manager of 10,000 Coffees, Brittany Tilstra. How are you, Brittany?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thank you. I uh, wanted to bring you on the podcast, uh, A, because you've been such an active member of the content talks community. I believe you are at the first one, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I was.
0: And then uh, you've been at several for other years. I I didn't keep count, quite count, but uh, mm-hmm. on the, you're also on the last panel, which was... Uh, kind of awesome to have you on there actually as someone who was from the first one.
1: Yeah, that was exciting. That was my first panel. So thank you for inviting me on. And I think um, you know, just like being able to have some banter with other people in the startup marketing scene was just super cool.
0: And you actually said something during that talk that like made me super proud. You were just, I can't even remember the example that you were just talking about networking with someone and you're like, oh, it's actually someone I met at content talks. I'm like, i it was <laughs> actually made me super proud of the community <laughs>
1: yeah I met I've met a couple of people I um and I and I meet them for coffees afterwards too even um, I'm part of a content marketing slack group and it's always kind of funny the different people that overlap and um, they're like oh like I saw you at content talks and um, or like you know I'm just gonna add you on LinkedIn and like just being connected with people especially in the Toronto um, startup scene I uh, is I, I appreciate it, and I think literally, I think going to the first content talks was one of my first networking events, like as in my profession.
0: Oh really? Wow, I'm honored. <laughs> Actually, yeah, one of the weirdest ones. I was at a bar one time, and this random guy just came up to me. He's like, "Hey, you hosted an event last week, right?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, "That was really bad." It was like next to people who didn't really know about content talks, and they were just like, "What was that?" I'm like.
1: Brand awareness, you got it.
0: (laughs) So speaking of coffees, you are the marketing manager of Ten Thousand Coffees. Uh, For people unaware, what what does Ten Thousand Coffees do?
1: Yeah, so um, you might hear people refer to us as almost like it's it's almost like a dating app, but for networking. And we work with uh, big enterprise companies. You might recognize some of our clients, like RBC, PwC. Uh, We just uh, recently started working with IBM, and so you have these. Uh, massive companies and uh, what we do is we take their goals and interests uh, to kind of just to create kind of like a a networking profile for them Uh, and then we match them for coffees and it can help them with their career development, uh, practicing leadership, mentorship. Uh, There's kind of like different goals for uh, different kinds of programs. Um, Some people use it for uh, diversity inclusion programs. Um, but yeah, pretty much it's about helping people meet other people at work.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that about uh the dating app because <laughs> I have like my problem when I'm on dating apps and someone mentions they're in marketing, I just go into pure like promotional mode. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to network? I've got an event for you. <laughs> I, I,
1: totally, I have done that too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of ruins the mood, but you know what? If it gets me another ticket sold,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the in <Lincoln> bio, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so I've asked you on because um, you know, you're very active on LinkedIn and you you posted about uh coaching your younger sisters on what to do on their upcoming summer jobs and internships. uh You said one was headed to Uber Eats in York for a data science internship, and the other was headed to Banff to work at uh the Fairmont um. You've also mentioned you weren't sure what was going to happen with COVID at the moment, but we digress. <laughs> so I thought that was a really interesting uh, position that you're in. It must be pretty cool to be able to coach your sisters uh, now that you've learned a few things, but I, I'm really curious to know who coached you.
1: I think I, it's funny because I, I talk about this with my sister all the time because she is, she's going into a data science role and uh, she's pretty charismatic as far as math PhD students go. Um, so she is in, in very high demand. When she interviews, she interviews very well. Um, she's very confident. Um, and so it kind of puts her ahead of a lot of people that probably equally smart, but just like don't have those social skills. And I think it just shows you like being able to kind of connect with humans, like no matter how far along you are in your education, if you can't communicate and speak with people like a human, it's gonna, it's going to hurt you in your career. And I think I've always been like, I mean, I'm from a very, it was small, uh small town. It's much bigger now, but uh, you know, I knew everyone in my town and it was really important to me to kind of move out of home after high school and uh, kind of do my own thing. And uh, I started out in the hospitality. Uh, I, I did a hospitality program at Fanshawe and Literally, part of the one of the classes that I took was a bartending course. And part of that class is literally making small talk with clients um, that come up to your bar. And so part of the exam was actually mixing cocktails for the professor of that class and making sure that he's entertained the whole time while you're making him his drink. And I was so nervous. My hands were so sweaty. The martini shaker was like, slipping out of my hands and I think like up until that point like I was actually pretty shy Uh, and then as I started working in the hospitality industry more you just kind of have to have that personality if you want to make tips so I think like having that confidence is kind of step one and then when I and then I eventually went to Western where I joined a lot of clubs and I wanted to uh, (laughs) one of them was the western foodies club and I wanted to be on the leadership team and help plan the events and so part of that was um, literally like now that I'm looking back at it like like doing things like that is like how I develop networking skills it was just wanting something and trying to meet the right people to to get that thing so for that group like I was meeting people in the group asking them to nominate me telling them what you know why I would be good for the position asking them what they wanted for the group um, and then from there it just kind of grew And then even in my, now that I'm in my professional life, my first job at HelloFresh, I also got that through networking. I used to go to my prof's office hours and he actually suggested me for a job um, because he knew someone at HelloFresh and I was able to interview and go, I went on coffees with uh, the CEO's wife who recommended me and it just kind of like grew from there. And since then I've um, gotten some freelance opportunities and my current job, I also got through networking. And so I think just through kind of trial and error and learning on my own, like I never really had a mentor. It's just, if you want to kind of leave that small town, um, you you have to kind of make it for yourself and and have that confidence.
0: And I think it's really important. Uh, like one thing you bring up is kind of to a degree, like there's some people that are gonna be naturally better networkers than others, but it is still a learned skill in a lot of ways. Like I know for me, like I moved, to Canada, and I didn't know, I literally knew no one here. And you, I would go to the bar and I would just meet people. Um, and I think that's kind of where I kind of grew my skill set as far as being able to network and, um, you know, go to an event uh, and not know anyone and just be willing to go up to people and say, hey, what do you do? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And I think um, you just kind of fake it till you make If you don't have that confidence, you just fake it till you make it um, and figure it out. And I know. That's not necessarily the easiest thing for everyone, depending on your if you're an introvert or an extrovert. But you, it, it really it really does take a concerted effort. And once you get it down, uh, so many more opportunities open up to you.
0: And I know, like when I went to university, our, our um, lecturers constantly mentioned networking. Um, but I just wasn't aware personally of how to do it. Like there were a couple events amongst all the other students where we met each other, but you know, we already knew each other, so it didn't really seem beneficial. Um, what was the the advice that you gave to your sisters uh, as far as how to approach networking?
1: Yeah, well, so my sister that was headed to uh, Uber Eats in New York, she didn't get a lot of insight into how uh, COVID-19 was going to affect her internship, so I just encouraged her to be proactive Um, send emails to the hiring team, to your manager, let them know that you're comfortable working from home and that you're still really excited about the internship because if you're not top of mind for them, if they have to start shrinking their internship program, like it could very easily be you that, you know, doesn't get, that gets the short end of the stick, you know? Um, And to also just, you know, be active because they I think she said that they had like a Facebook group or something said be active like make friends like make sure people know who you are um so that you like regardless of whether they've seen you in person or not that you have advocates when they're making decisions about how the program will continue and thankfully um I don't think they shrunk the internship program at all they just moved it to remote Um, she won't be moving to New York unfortunately Um, but, uh, she, she's still, she set up for success and, um, she's been really fortunate to already have made some friends in the program with her.
0: And I think one thing you pointed out there is like, be kind of solution oriented, uh, especially at that stage, like, you know, go forward and say, Hey, I can work from home still. Like I can still be. You know, beneficial to you, even though I'm not there. So stuff like that, like I used to always volunteer for roles and that, that initially was how I networked. So I think that's a really strong point.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, that's, that goes for any type of networking. I, I was actually, so I recently set up a link on my LinkedIn profile. So if anybody reads my bio and gets to the end, there's a link, you can set up a 30 minute coffee chat with me. I have a time block every Friday for it just to kind of keep the networking going, especially given that we're all working, a lot of us are working from home. And I had a coffee chat yesterday from that. we were talking about how this person can continue to grow his network. And he sent me a very personalized message, which I appreciated. And it made me feel like he was reaching out to me with purpose. And I do have people reach out to me who, they're just like, can we talk? I'm like, about what? Like, what do you, like, do you know anything about what I do? Why me? And just as an example, I had someone who wants to be an electrical engineer <laughs> reach out to me a couple of days ago. And I I was honest with him. I was like, I have no idea how to help you. I am 100% the wrong person to ask. Um, if there's something specific, like let me know. But I like I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time. So if there's a reason for us to talk. Like, I don't know you that well. Um, I don't know you at all. So unless there's like a reason for us to be talking, like, I don't like, it's not a good use of our time. And so I think if you can show why that conversation matters and how it will, like, I mean, people want to help. Like if I can benefit him in any way, like I, I really don't mind taking that time. Um, but if it's not going to be beneficial, there's, there's just no point.
0: Do you, for that link, do you just use a Google spreadsheet or do you use 10,000 coffees for that?
1: I have a 10,000 coffees account that I use like with my 10,000 coffees team. And then I'm also part of the um, Fanshawe uh, 10,000 coffees cafe because we have an academic partnership, which if anyone's listening and you have a, uh, you went to a school that has a 10,000 coffees program, you should definitely sign up and talk to students because students really need our help right now. But I to set up coffees, uh, I use Calendly. That way people can just do it automatically and it minimizes that back and forth. So if someone wants to set up coffee coffee with me, all they have to do is click that link and it's ready to go. I don't have to like do too much. And and because I think just by nature of what I do, I do get a lot of uh, asks for coffee. So that way, anyone who wants to go, that that time is always free for them.
0: As a B2B marketer, my mind just went to being able to promote our lawyers <laughs> for that. I'm like, everyone's getting a link now on their <laughs> LinkedIn. <Yeah. bio." laughs> yeah,
1: honestly, like, I was surprised. Like, I just put it there. Um, I actually put this there uh, almost right after I did the panel uh, for contact talks with you. And I didn't think anyone would find it. Like I I really just put it there because I wanted to kind of practice what I preach, be open to networking and provide, like just provide like almost like a democratic way of like if you want to and and you have read my profile and I and I it seems relevant to you like I will be available to you no matter what because I think networking can also It can be pretty biased because you tend to you know network with like-minded people So I just wanted to be open to everybody and I had I think uh, After that event four people book coffees with me and I only have a like one time slot per friday So I was like booked for the month (laughs)
0: Make me feel proud of that event again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you do good (laughs) work, (laughs) Michael.
0: And uh, what do you wish you knew when you graduated on how to network?
1: I think, I mean, I didn't know that I was networking at the time. I am like forever grateful to the prof who decided to recommend me for a job. I really didn't know what I was going to do at graduation. Um, And I wish that I had gone to more office hours um as a student and made those connections um with like different types of profs and also just the other students that are going to those office hours like those are the those are the cool people you know like those are the people who care about what they're learning and are kind of like hungry for whatever the future brings and I and I did like it it was almost kind of like camp I made all my friends on the last day of camp my last two or three months of university where i was going to this one prof's office hours and i met a lot of people that way um and and that's those are also people that are within my network now like i i've hired some of those people for freelance projects i have um worked with some of those people i've recommended some of those people for jobs i've had other friends i've recommended to those people for jobs and so um like it's kind of funny because i never thought of networking as um being like networking is such a it's such a I don't know, cringy word, like no one likes to think of it as networking, because there's just kind of like this, you know, you think of, you know, fluorescent lighting, gross coffee, and like awkward name tags. But really, like, if you do it well, like networking can be like so meaningful, like both personally and professionally. Um, and I think just kind of doubling down on that network, like when I think about I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but when I think about the coursework that I did um, and the socializing that I did, the networking and socializing that I did has served me a lot more than a lot of the coursework that I did. Um, to be like completely honest, I, I know that I mean I, I I don't know if that's true for everybody, but for me um, and my my career, that's like definitely true. It's definitely been my networks that have kind of helped me uh, get through.
0: I always used to like after a tutor lesson The all everyone would swamp the tutor with questions and I would just hang out. Yeah. Cause that's when you find out what they're really marking the assignment on. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and they'd be like, what do you want? Like, I'm like, no, I'm just here to listen. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I'll throw in one there as well. Like I, I've, I do a lot of networking events beyond content talks and very, very few students go to them. And the ones who do stand out. So I would recommend getting onto professional networking events. Because I I know uh, in the past, like um, one of my former guests, Emily Bailey, she's a teacher. And I've given her codes to give to her students for free tickets. And I think I've had maybe one person take it up.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Those students really do stand out. I, I will always remember this. I was at a TechTO event and they do that thing with the mic at the very beginning where anyone can have 30 seconds to say anything they want. Um, And it was actually a high school student who stood up and talked about how she, I think she was on the robotics team or something and how she wanted to do an internship. And I think she probably had the longest line of people wanting to talk to her (laughs) at the end of the event. And it was just, I don't know, like it actually like, I, I just felt so, Crowd, especially just like as a to see like a a woman in robotics like just as like a side note as well like it just like and to speak in a crowd like the crowds there can be pretty big um to have that confidence to show up at an event like that's super impressive like she's she's set you know
0: honestly I, I do uh, the travel events propel to as well and we, we get, always get a couple of students and they're talking with directors um they're getting their name in front of them and you know when it comes time for an internship, they'll be able to email those people um, and be welcome to. So I, I highly recommend to anyone doing like who is student level, go to some events. And I know they might sound expensive, like you know a twenty dollar ticket when you're a student is actually you know it's not cheap. So reach out to the organizer, uh, see if there's a discount at least. But I mean, I typically give them for free if someone reaches out like that.
1: Yeah, no, totally. That's uh, that's a really good point. I think too. Um... Just thinking back to the uh panel that we did, uh there was someone that had a really good question and it's been kind of stuck in my mind. Um, and I actually connected with him after too. Um, but he works for the Toronto Region Immigrant Immigrant Employment Council. Toronto. Oh, yep. And he asked how um, newcomers to Canada can get jobs and startups and um, I, I don't know, I think about that a lot because I worked in a lot of startups and I, I've i never really thought as startups as being super friendly to um, people who are immigrants. But I think that, I mean, a lot of startups hire through networks, first of all, um, and because you kind of like, you want to be like really connected with your team, you want to make sure that people are vetted because you kind of have to make those decisions super fast. Um, I do think that like, you need to find advocates and that's what networking is all about. And especially for newcomers to Canada, it's it's so important to kind of like find those advocates and uh, build your network around you. And that's why, I mean, I specifically have been going kind of like out of my way, like with that link. Um, and then also within the future launch. So the 10,000 Coffees uh, Fanshawe Cafe, um making sure that i'm connecting with international students just because like we've we've seen that it's it's super difficult for them to build their networks and i and i find that there's like a lot of barriers and that's the part that i guess is kind of like stuck with me
0: and as speaking as an immigrant i mean i'm i'm not um you know i'm white but i am like from Can- not from canada and you you always feel like that plays against you cuz when you got 200 resumes do you worry about the one who's probably going to move away or doesn't have that coveted Canadian experience. Um, it is a bit of a struggle, but like at the end of the day, my first job that got me for probably 20 K cheaper than anyone else. And I stuck there for probably three years longer than I would have because I was going for the immigration process and you can't really leave your job when you're going through that. You actually lose your sin number and you can't actually get another job. Um, so I'm like, at that ended up working as a really good deal for them and they hired a lot of immigrants and they were always, I f- think better workers than they would have got otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cause I cause... was coming from a country where I had a lot of experience where anyone they had to hire here from here actually had to come straight out of university and didn't have any experience for the same salary.
1: Yeah. And the irony, especially like when it comes to startups is like, if, if someone's an immigrant, they're like almost like the human embodiment of a startup. Like if you're working, if you're a startup, you're starting from kind of like ground zero, building, uh, you know, block by block your business. And um, someone who is new to Canada, they're doing the same thing with their their whole life. Um, and so having that kind of grit, um, is something that you know people already have <laughs> inherently. Um, so I just like I said, anyways, I think about that question a lot because I don't think that um. I don't think like as a panel we, we answered it like to the best of our ability, but I've been trying to kind of like um, figure out more ways to make sure that there's opportunities uh, for networking. And and that's why I think um, with 10,000 Coffees, like thinking about that demor- democratized uh, level of networking, making sure that everyone has equal access despite, you know, wherever they went to school or um, wherever they're from, or if they have an accent or like whatever, like people should be able to connect and, and find those um, professional connections.
0: Yeah. just I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can do something. Cause I know I did at the end of the uh, talk, offer him free tickets to any immigrants, but uh, Mm -hmm. sadly can't do any events right now. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can, maybe we can work something together. Let's get the mentors or something. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And if anyone's figured this out let let me know and um we can uh we can definitely do a podcast on that too mm-hmm. well this took a turn <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> important one I'm glad you'd covered that. <laughs> Um, so I'm bringing it back to the initial discussion. Um, like, how do you personally network uh, now that you're kind of a bit more established? You obviously mentioned the link in your profile. Is there, um, and you've been going to events since content talks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any other events you've been going to or any other ways that you like to network?
1: I, I mean, I find that uh, like with events, I mean, a lot of people end up talking to their friends and now that there's so many virtual events, it's almost easier to network at them because there's kind of like less of that like barrier of people standing in huddled groups. Um, And so I've been listening in on a couple webinars and um, the most recent marketing TO and they have like speed networking sessions where um, the tool that they're using kind of like pairs you with someone. Um, and I really appreciate that and I also just think that it it just seems like people are actually much more open um, now and I think part of it is people are seeking uh, kind of connectivity uh, when they're stuck in their homes and just like being able to connect with another human and meet someone new Um, but I actually think that lately like before I was just kind of the opportunities for networking would kind of just like happen organically or fall in my lap and, and and just by nature of me being on LinkedIn or going to a content talks, um, event. Uh, but now I I think I'm actually meeting more new people, um, on average than I was before, before COVID, before the lockdown.
0: Do you think that's purely the web, uh, connection, or do you think people are a bit more, they're looking to network now, obviously a few people be more people aren't employed right now. So maybe they're looking to reach out to networks.
1: Yeah, I definitely think, I, I think there's kind of like two reasons, like one, like distance is not a barrier. So um, a lot more people from all over can attend different events. Um, and it's been pretty cool to, you know, be uh, on one of these webinars and then, you know, hear from someone who's in, in the UK or in Hong Kong even. Um, and so events are just a lot more accessible to people despite geography. Um, but then also, um, I think people are just like genuinely seeking that connection because you're not just gonna bump into someone at an event anymore. And and I think it's kind of dawning on people that they do have to be more intentional, um, if they want to continue growing their network or even, even just, you know, make sure you don't go a whole day without making a noise, you know, like if you're, especially if you're like living alone, um. You, you might go a whole day and realize, I haven't said anything all day. And it's just this this self-isolation, it's, it's kind of, um, I think people are kind of seeking out that human connection um, with purpose.
0: Uh, and uh, just one last question here, speaking of mentorship, um, obviously 10,000 coffees, uh, that's kind of its key area. Um, what have you learned from a, either the product itself or even just researching it for, building content? What, what have you learned at your role at 10,000 Coffees?
1: Yeah, I think, actually, this is this is a very good question. I'm glad that you asked it. We talk a lot about uh, something called a permission asset, uh, which is basically a lot of people don't feel like they have the space or the permission to ask to network with someone or ask for things when they are networking with someone. And this is especially true with uh, students who are networking with alumni uh, for our future launch program and so we've kind of tried and tested different ways to get people to speak to each other. We've um, we've done uh, prefabricated messages that will help students know what to say and what to ask for and that has definitely helped and I think knowing that that's an issue, if if you can, especially if you're the more experienced person and someone's trying to ask you for help, encourage them and let them practice networking because networking does not come easily to most people and so if, if someone's trying to reach out to you like that in itself can be like a very brave move for some and I think uh just kind of being respectful of that especially you know people from um different backgrounds, different levels of seniority, um, and just like welcoming that experience, even though it might be a little bit awkward. Like if you feel like you have, you know, the kind of like the upper hand in that networking experience, just like guiding them and being patient and, uh, and, and letting them feel like they have that permission to ask questions and to ask, ask for help. Um, I think that's, that's truly been the biggest learning. And I think like I said, especially true with students, and that's why, like, if if a student asks me for coffee, I don't care how irrelevant the questions are. I will always say yes because it's such an important skill to have, regardless. And and you know what? Even like I said, even if it's an irrelevant topic, like being able to develop those soft skills and being able to talk and and ask questions in itself is um, a really great lesson.
0: Yeah, that's it's really key, and I. I I also add in there like everyone likes to feel like an expert. So, if when you're reaching out to people, they they enjoy feeling like oh, wow! I like it. It brings a turning point in their own career to be like, okay, I've I've actually gave, have advice to give to people. So people love that feeling. So when you are reaching to someone senior more senior than you, um don't be afraid to because they're probably enjoying that aspect. Yeah,
1: and I think some people like just like the other side of that. Some people don't feel like they're experts and that they shouldn't be in the mentorship side of that relationship, they're like, oh, I've only been working for five years, but everyone has something to offer. Like if you don't, if you don't think you have something to offer in a conversation, I can already tell you that you're wrong. Like even when I did my first, when I did my panel with content talks, I was really intimidated because of the other people that were on the panel. And I, you know, questioned if I was, you know, right to be in that group. And then after we went through it, I was like, I had lots of points that so I could have probably, you know, talked all day on that panel. All the questions were great. I, I had my own perspective and answers to that. And it kind of helped give me that confidence. And I think on both sides, whether you're trying to develop your leadership um, skills or, um, you know, you're, uh, you're trying to learn from someone with more experience from you, like just having having that patience and having that confidence and believing in yourself. I know it sounds corny, but like those are all really, really important things and it will help people kind of. Uh, Become better networkers.
0: Well, thanks for the advice today. I really appreciate coming on. Uh, Do you have anything you want to promote, or if anyone wants to reach out to you? Yeah.
1: Well, if anybody wants to add me on LinkedIn and book a coffee through that that link, I'm always I always love meeting new people, Um, and I really encourage uh, if you have uh, a university or college that you attended that is part of the 10,000 Coffees Future Launch Program to uh, sign up and connect with a current student because like I said I think students could really use someone to talk to right now and kind of navigate the professional landscape that is post-COVID-19 could really make somebody's day.
0: Is there a public list of what universities are uh, involved?
1: Yep you can go to uh, 10,000coffees.com and there's an academic section of our website that will cover all of it and then if you have a student services page for your alma mater that you can they will always have it listed there as well and it's usually called like the Fanshawe coffee cafe or something like that and uh you can you can log on there and make an account
0: sounds good well uh thanks for having the conversation today and hopefully we'll get you on again to talk about something else <laughs> uh, a little less networky. Yeah. Networky. <laughs> <laughs> thanks brittany